0: Permaculture means different things to different people, but at its core, it's all about growing things to harvest and use, whether for eating or making things. The main difference between permaculture and other growing is it aims to create a stable, sustainable and productive ecosystem. The land and living things that make up the ecosystem are prepared nurtured to maturity and then managed in such a way that they will persist and not degrade, providing an opportunity to harvest things continually and appropriately. So permaculture is sustainable, it's productive, and also it's ethically responsible. Most people think of permaculture gardens or farms as spaces the size of a home garden or hobby farm, perhaps anything from three to four hundred metres upwards. Today people are living in smaller properties though, and an increasing number of people dwell in units or townhouses with very small spaces to grow things. Some may have little more than a few square metres on a balcony, or perhaps a little more than a courtyard the size of a bedroom. You can do permaculture in places even as small as this, though. What's the bigger picture? Now, think about the bigger picture. Start by understanding that all outdoor areas are parts of a larger ecosystem. Consider the neighbouring properties, whether residential, commercial, council, road verges, parks, even abandoned, overgrown properties. All of these places harbour nature, whether tended or abandoned. Those places are homes to birds, insects, weeds, perhaps other small animals, trees and other plants. They have surfaces, slopes, human construction, and perhaps other things. The neighbouring properties experience exposure to heat, dry, wind, and cold. And those experiences can also spill over into your area, no matter how small it is. All of these are components of your neighbouring ecosystems, and they're tied into your own ecosystem no matter how small it is. You might be able, or maybe not able, to change your neighbouring ecosystem, but you can factor in what's happening on neighbouring properties when you develop your own permaculture. Developing a permaculture system, even in a small space, starts with an understanding of neighbouring spaces. If neighbouring spaces harbour flowers and bees, it may be worth considering the addition of a beehive to your location. If the neighbouring space casts a shadow over your space, you may be restricted to growing shade loving plants. If your neighbouring space harbours pests, plant diseases, or weeds, you may need to choose plants that resist the problems that could come from those neighbouring spaces. Develop and manage microclimates. Now, you've got this broader climate um, in your own garden or your own little um, area and you've got uh, that tied into these areas outside, adjacent to your area. What you have control over is what you do in your own little area. And Each of the within a broader ecosystem, you've got what you call microclimates. A well designed permaculture system is going to be made up of different areas. In permaculture, we refer to sectors or zones. Different Hmm. areas have different microclimates. A microclimate is an ecosystem within an ecosystem. Different parts of the same property can vary in lots of ways: temperature, light intensity, ventilation, humidity. All of these things and others can vary. Wind, that can vary. You might have windbreaks that stop the wind coming into parts of your garden, but it might get in in other areas more easy. The type and diversity of plants and animals and microorganisms can vary. The soil can vary, even in a small space. Consider shaded spaces that are not exposed to wind, cold or extreme heat. They remain moist longer after rain than what open spaces do. We know that diversity of species is an important factor in any natural ecosystem. And in permaculture, you're trying to craft or develop uh, a natural, self-sustaining ecosystem. So you need to be thinking about trying to make it diverse. Even if it's only five, ten square metres, you can still create diversity there. You can create diversity by making the soil different or the surface different or the conditions of climate different just even if it's only slightly different. So you might mulch some areas with thick organic mulch and not mulch other areas. Uh, You might put uh, stones on some areas um, as a mulch. So you have an inorganic stone mulch. You might dig the soil deep so that you dig in A lot of organic matter, and you make you might even put drains into some areas, so you have some soil which is rich and well drained, and other soil which is maybe a little more hungry. The soil which has more organic matter in uh, that's going to hold moisture longer. It's going to heat up slower. It's going to cool down slower. Another thing you can do is putting rocks into the, into a garden area. If you have a big rock somewhere, that's going to gradually absorb heat from the sun and hold that heat, so it becomes um, a, a storage unit for heat. And under that rock and adjacent to that rock, the soil's going to stay a little bit warmer. Now, if you understand these slight differences in different parts of the garden. You can think about plants and what plants you put there if you want a plant that's going to be able to have a more stable environment in terms of temperature, you might plant it right up against a rock or or something or put a stone mulch on that's going to absorb um, heat from the sun more. You might uh, use a particular type of mulch, you might have a thicker mulch you might dig more organic matter into the soil. All those sorts of things can change temperature conditions and how fast things cool or heat up. Just think about it. It's all pretty much common sense. Climate change is a macro problem. But here's something you can think of. Um, Think about microclimate change. When you've got these microclimates in your garden... There can be changes that occur in those too. A tree disappears and all of a sudden a particular, say the tree gets diseased and or it falls down in a storm, all of a sudden an area which was shaded and which cooled down and heated up a lot more slowly is exposed. Now, if you get these microclimate changes occurring as a result of a dramatic effect, that can affect all of the other plants that are growing there. And you might be able to do something to buffer that, to protect those other plants, even things like having a pergola over the top or putting some temporary shade over the top until you can get another tree up and growing. Permaculture can help microclimate change um, to have a huge impact, and it can have a huge impact on global climate change. Now, I got involved in permaculture first in 1979 when I organised a community project in Mildura um, with permaculture guru Bill Mollison, um, who joined forces with a group of parks managers. At the time, I was a parks manager and uh, a visiting expert from America. And we spent a weekend developing a park uh, along the lines of permaculture principles. My interest was sparked then, and that's when I really started to get involved in permaculture. I learned what it was all about. The founders of permaculture actually set up a very good system for anyone with a background um, and interest in permaculture to get started. It set down a curriculum for a foundation course and a way for people to study, learn and ultimately teach that course to others. In some ways, it was almost like a pyramid marketing scheme, but in a good way. Graduates of this course, this permaculture course originally set up, are awarded what's considered to be be a Valid Permaculture Design Certificate. This is known in permaculture circles as a PDC, PDC, Permaculture Design Certificate. Only valid graduates are then entitled to teach and award a PDC to someone else. Uh, We at ACS Distance Education adopted this system in 1993 in an agreement with the Permaculture Institute at Tialgam in Australia, and we continue to adhere to that original agreement. Over the years, though, we've developed a lot of additional courses that build on that original PDC. Needless to say, some aspects of our PDC have been added to and improved over the decades, but we still adhere to that minimum requirement of the original program. If you want to know more about permaculture, there's a lot of information out there. If you want to do a PDC, you can do it by distance learning online uh, with us at ACS Distance Education. Just do a search for ACS Distance Education Permaculture course. So good luck with it. Um, It's an exciting area to get involved with. And uh, the nice thing about permaculture is if you do it properly, it's uh, not a lot of garden, uh, not a lot of maintenance for your garden area. or it can be done in a small area, and it's going to give you things back, give you food to eat, give you craft materials to use. Um, it, it will be a productive uh, area of your property and uh, it'll be a relatively low maintenance area of your property and it shouldn't require a lot of effort to keep it sustainable.